Hi there, this is uh, Abu Messerich once again of the Bundesliga Bulletin, and we are recording a podcast about Red Bull RB Leipzig. Um, and I thought uh, the best person to have uh, on for this for this show uh, is none other than Jack Brace, who is the creator of uh, Red Bull Hub, and he is a, a, a founder of that website, Twitter, um, and he's an expert on all things Red Bull from. Leipzig, Salzburg, Liefering, uh, Ragantino, and wherever there might be other uh, RB teams. So we're going to talk about Leipzig. Uh, hi, Jack. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate uh, you coming on. And uh, right away, I want to just get into, since this is basically a Bundesliga preview of, of Leipzig, I want to just get into your take on last season and the achievements there. Because, And just to lead this up, like Nagelsmann recently had an interview where, where he basically rated this as like a, a, th- a three plus. So, so in, 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 in sort of German culture, a three is kind of like the, the C because they have, you know, one, two, six. So, so it's like a, a kind of a C minus or even like a, yeah, basically not, so not, not like the most successful season. And I think there is probably a discrepancy between how people perceive that because of the, the way the Champions League uh, ran out for them. But obviously this was also a season where they, you know, they were leading the league for with five, with five points to, to spare at, uh, at the mid table, at the midfield, um, um, midway through the season. And then, um, obviously you got 20 points, I think in the last 17 matches. So, um, how do you assess like the year one of Nagelsmann and Leipzig? I think I always considered Nagelsmann's first season to kind of be a transition period because obviously mm-hmm. with traditional rebel football, you've become more accustomed of, high pressing and quick turnovers with Nagelsmann's it's kind of turned into more possession play and much more patient so it's taken time for the players to adapt I think if you look from a league perspective I consider it quite underwhelming considering that they topped the table when it came to the winter break and then yeah. after the winter break a very slow start like and like a few drop points and then obviously post-corona the home form was horrific. So it was kind of underwhelming in that respect. And I feel Leipzig should have done much better in the league and than third and possibly should have pushed for the title. But if you look at the Champions League, I think they've exceeded expectation, like all expectations. Because mm. no one, not even me, would have thought that Leipzig would have been competing in a Champions League semi-final. Yeah, I mean, just that like league form of basically eight draws uh, in in seventeen matches in in the spring, and um, you know, obviously, uh, it was it was it was just like there's a lot of these weird games, and and it's not even that they didn't compete for a title, but like they went from having a lead to basically no title race after that Bayern draw, which was like I want to say like early February yeah. that the zero zero um and yeah and then this sort of turnaround with with Werner leaving and nobody really giving them uh, not not giving them a chance because I mean they they pretty much dominated Tottenham um and and I think they were good in the Champions League and that but that was more of like a I don't know like more of a an encore performance or something in the Champions League and then running into PSG um obviously it showed, I think Nagelsmann talked about the difference in terms of possibilities and class and, you know, the player at his um, disposal. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I don't think they can have any any qualms about that. And 
Um, so what are some of the things that you think you, you talked about the transition year that, that, that they still need to kind of improve on in terms of Nagelsmann and Leipzig? Um, is it just more of like, you know, the ball position, the build up, just uh, maybe the pressing because it didn't always look that, that great. And you saw some examples of when they get pressed, it's also a problem. Like what, what's, what's the main thing? Oh, um, I think I'd definitely say consistency because obviously it's such a young mm-hmm. squad. It's it's natural that there's going to be that sort of inconsistency within their matches. I think they showed first half of the season they were playing beautiful football, like quick passing. The team couldn't defend against them, and they were so clinical in front of goal. But like post the winter break, yeah. that kind of slowed down. They weren't as clinical as they were. They weren't scoring as many, and it kind of showed in the amount of draws. That happened like took yeah. place another thing i could say is definitely like the composure on the ball because obviously they've gone from like i said they've gone from this style of play where it's more direct like so it's kind of they've they kind of panic on the ball too much they kind of think oh we're getting pressed we've now got to like exploit the space that's just appeared and they can kind of rush it too much Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the areas that definitely needs to be improved upon this season. Yeah, and so obviously, just kind of in terms of the squad, there there is also uh, a little bit of a transitioning squad from from some of those sort of mainstay Leipzig players, and obviously the 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 overhaul, uh, not maybe not not an overhaul is probably the wrong choice, but but the Timo Werner era certainly has has ended, and maybe it ended in a weird way yeah. that he said like he doesn't want to play the Champions League and understandable uh and Leipzig didn't seem too upset about it but um just kind of going through that squad maybe we can go from sort of front to back because because it's that, that's probably the most important part is you know I think the big question is how do you replace someone who's irreplaceable and what do you see in terms of you know He Chan Huang who came in um like how do you how do you see this kind of working out or do do you see maybe like a replacing Werner by committee approach what's what's your take on that i think it's going to be very interesting to see how werner is replaced because both nagelsmann and oliver mintzlaff and marcus kroscher have emphasized that you yeah. you can't replace werner one on one you've got a kind of you got by multiple players I think if looking at the market and seeing what was available, I felt He Chang Huang was the ideal option because he played a very similar role to what Werner did at Leipzig at Salzburg in that how he like heavily occupied the wings. He was dropping deep, getting involved in the play. And I feel like that aspect of Werner's game has won't um, be absent from Leipzig. So I think that's a great signing, but it's a case of how they're going to replace the number of goals because obviously Werner's um so he had 47 goal contributions in 45 matches whereas Huang only had 38 and 40 in a you could say a considerably lesser league so it'd be very interesting to see how this works out yeah it's the thing with Huang is I mean obviously you've, you've seen him way more than than, than I have but uh, I did actually like watch him a little bit even like before he came to Hamburg and because uh, I've sort of you know watch Salzburg um off and on uh, and he's uh he's yeah like he's, he's, he's I agree with you that because the way like Nagelsmann used Werner which was a transformation for, for Timo Werner is, is almost be like a number 10 at times um just yeah. he's always the guy like the extra guy because this is what Nagelsmann's big thing is is he, he likes to have an extra guy against the press and 
sometimes this could be like a wing back, like a free, like a free wing back, like he did with Nico Schultz and Hoffenheim. And but there's so many, you know, I wrote a, wrote a lot about this for the newsletter and you know, got a lot of these pictures and where, 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 you know, Werner is the guy who was at midfield uh, dropping back against the pressing team. So he can be the outlet or he can just play a one, two, or, or you could, you know, it's not, it's not really like what you, the way they used him with Rangnick or even Hasnut or where, where, you know, you can send him deep. And I think like Huang is similar to that, but I agree with you. He's, he's nowhere near really the, the finisher. And, and maybe that's, that's also not what they ask of him. Now, my, my, my sort of issue with that is that like you have Nkunku and Dani Olmo who, are also more like a number ten, especially in the like a three four two one. They're they're kind of like the double ten. So how do you how do you just uh, play the all all three of those guys together? I mean that's kind of my question. I think because obviously Nagelsmann likes to have fluidity in this game, and obviously if they're interchanging with one another, they'll be able to open up space more, kind of get through like tight compact defenses. But the only way this mm-hmm. sort of thing will work is if there is another striker. So whether it be Yusuf Paulsen mm-hmm. or who's reportedly very close to signing Alexander Solov, I feel like a player mm-hmm. of that stature needs to play in order for Huang to work out with his new teammates. Yeah, like this is kind of what Patrick Schick was doing, right? Because that was like one of their main ways for them to play through a press of an opponent. Even is it like a goal kick? I mean, that was a very regular setup of like they did this against Bremen that I, that I mentioned in the newsletter where, you know, if they get pressed man oriented, uh, it'll be, you know, pass to the side, like a side center back or like a dropping fullback will come back and then you play a diagonal pass to a big sort of center forward who can who can lay it off and then it's it's laid off to one of the like Zabitzer or Campo or one of these guys and then they will just uh, you know, with the movement of uh, Patrick Schick, or now I guess Serlos as well, if they use him that way, you can, you know, drag out the center backs. The, the opponent and then you open up space for you know any of the wide players to to run into and certainly i can imagine you know anybody from you know from from olmo to to nkunku to huang to i don't know maybe even adam Lukman should he play uh getting getting into those those spaces um i guess like my my question uh is, is maybe some of the like there's there's also this approach of like I think another teams were were also like Leverkusen had a similar kind of issue with uh, with uh, Kai Havertz. How do you replace it, right? Like it doesn't always just happen over one transfer window. Like you also you also knew Werner was leaving. It wasn't exactly like a huge secret. So, do you think like yeah. the signings that they made in in previous uh, windows, whether it's like you know Dani Olmo? Um, in the winter break, um, or it was Ankunku uh, know, before, or even like Adam Lukman. Um, I'm not going to say Hannes Wolf because he's no longer there. But um, do you think they those were made with this knowledge of of, of Werner leaving, or, or 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 no? Like, what do you what do you see them and 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 if so, yes. Like, what do you expect from those players, Olmo and and Ankunku, kind of making making a, a leap? That's a very interesting point, and it's not something I've ever considered. I think the signings of Nkunku and Olmo were less to replace Werner, but more to kind of transition into this more possession Mm -hmm. style of play under Nagelsmann. And I'm sure they probably would have thought about how they're going to improve Nagelsmann's team rather than thinking about how they're going to replace Werner. 
I think in oh, the coming good, season, point, yeah. I think in the coming season, if Nkunku can build on last season, especially at the start of the season, yeah. he kind he of amazing, dwindled yeah. away, mm-hmm. kind of dwindled away in like the second half of the season. If he can build on that and kind of add to his goals, I'm sure he could contribute to help like cover the loss of Werner. I think with Olmo, he's definitely improved a lot, especially in the back end of last season, mm-hmm. where he's becoming more involved, he's better defensively, and he showed against Nuremberg at the weekend that he is can be a huge asset on the ball. And I feel like he could become a very important player this season and maybe probably get at least 10, 12 assists in the Bundesliga, I reckon. Mm. Yeah, because like this was kind of my thing, and I, I agree with your assessment of uh, Nkunku as is, is, is a guy who, you know, faded a little bit, um, but he was amazing out of the gates. And I always felt like sometimes he he could do more in terms of like higher usage, you know, um, oh, yeah. and um, take, taking more shots uh in the end i think it's probably like not great if zabitzer is taking more shots than than Nkunku in in a team uh although zabitzer had a, a really good year and but i think it was kind of his first uh, that where he sort of uh, outperformed his shooting metrics um i'll tell you it was his best season in a lot yeah, to chat today for sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah and but but Nkunku has you know obviously he's plays more advanced but he has better better metrics in terms of you know maybe better shot selection um you know even even better accuracy and he's a guy who you know gets gets shots on target um and 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 i felt like sometimes it was it was uh it's not like he could have could have used could have used more maybe uh more usage and and, and maybe but again like not to criticize this because obviously they, they see their his training performances and his attitude and all that stuff and you know it's just I mean, he's he's young. He's he's but he's he's also like you know twenty two. Like it's not like he's, um, it's not like I guess I guess like twenty three soon. It's not like he's you know, um, a nineteen year old who's who's just playing his first ever thing. So I think I I expect sort of bigger things from him, um, and 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 expect him, you know, there's no reason for him not to have the kind of like a maybe not like a Jaden Sancho season, but. Uh, you know, some somewhere where he gets like double digit goals and you know fifteen assists. I think that that's reasonable. And uh, Olmo, as you mentioned, uh, he I, I also thought he came on more so in the Champions League, where he really created a lot of sort of matchup problems with his movement. And he he is more of a guy to me who crashes the box. Like Nkunku is you know around the box more of the time. I see yeah. Olmo as you saw with the finish. Um, how was the cup game? I wanted to ask you now that you you brought it up before because they they had this interesting three um, 0 win against Nuremberg, which which is now uh, Coach Perder, former assistant coach, Klaus. Uh, uh, and what did you what did you see? Is there anybody that you kind of were surprised by or performances that you can you know uh, tell us about? I mean. I wouldn't say there was anyone that surprised me because obviously mm-hmm. I've been watching players a lot yeah, and yeah. I, I understand their qualities. But I think Amadou Haidar mm-hmm. is definitely progressing a lot under Nagelsmann because obviously last season he he didn't get that many opportunities from the start and he would kind of get, he'd be a bit part player and he wouldn't be able to like show his quality. I feel like in this setup where he was kind of given more freedom to go forward, 
he was more of a threat. He was better on the ball than he usually is. He's improved a lot defensively. Hmm. And he showed that during the summer, Nagelsmann like, asked the board that he wants a box-to-box midfielder that can provide an aerial presence, which at the time I found quite strange because Haidara is a box-to-box midfielder. Yeah, that's what he's and known for, he, yeah. And he showed that, especially with his goal, that he can get into these positions yeah. and he can provide a goal scoring threat and going back to the point he could also if he gets more time can kind of contribute to the loss of goals um the goals lost from Werner yeah yeah I thought that's strange yeah and I'd say Tyler Adams definitely had a very strong game Mm -hmm. he's despite his young age he is actually considered um like a leader in the group like he's Mm -hmm. well from what I've read he's quite vocal which, when you kind of like see videos in him, like behind the scenes, he does seem that sort of character. And he kind he showed his like flexibility and how much he has actually improved on the ball. And I think last season, a big factor of why Leipzig kind of fell off was the sale of Diego Demmer. Mm-hmm. He was like key in the midfield. He dictated everything. He won the ball. And I feel like Adams is developing into that player that can replace him. Hmm. Yeah, like I wrote about this in January. I did a pretty long breakdown on, on Demme, and, and those are exactly the points that I made. But I, with the caveat that also, like, who was going to offer twelve million for a guy who basically was—I think he was either expiring this summer, um, or the you I know, I think it was twenty twenty-one. Oh yeah, maybe next summer. But he also like he hadn't played much, right? Like he, you know, he's been kind of one of those guys who was obviously a hero of the know the, the promotion and, and played a little bit in the first season he was he was wonderful but i think people you know had some injuries but we kind of had this thing where maybe he's he's a little bit past it and, and then he had that really good uh good sort of um hindrance under under nagelsmann and and, and uh but it was but it seemed like it was more because like campo was hurt and adams was was maybe not not ready and he didn't like haidara as much and and, and I, there was a number of those factors uh, and but i and I, but i also made the same point that uh this could still this could be this could still be a, a pretty big loss and i turned out we were we were probably probably both right so um i guess we have come into this midfield and um like some people were, were making this point about kevin Campbell, who you know i think a lot of people on football twitter and, and in the coaching analytic circles really really like but there are some 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 things where he kind of limits uh, maybe the, the 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 ceiling of this team maybe not as rangy as he once used to be, he's 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 going to be thirty in a couple of uh, weeks, even. Um, do you, you know, and and then there was also Conrad Leimer, who I, I think we both agree had an amazing season, but he's got this new oh, issue. Of course. Um, what do you what do you see as sort of the the starting midfield of sort of centrally with two or three players? Is it going to be maybe the transition to the Tyler Adams Hydara? role is it going to be Zabitzer having to be played there or do you still think like Campbell and Limer or what's your what's your sort of assessment right before I answer I'm actually intrigued by what you just said how do you think mm-hmm. Campbell kind of limits the ceiling of the team um I think like just just people just because because Campbell is one of those guys who's really like the, the thing with him when he came up under Roger Schmidt and and it wasn't that's true with at, at Dortmund, but he's a guy who progresses the ball, like does, does some does some dribbles and really good at counter pressing. And I, I don't know if he like he doesn't, but he doesn't necessarily like he'll he'll penetrate 
um, with the ball and carry the ball. But maybe like you also like he's also on the ball sometimes a little too much. Um, yeah, I see your point. And he's like, it's it's like he's he's always really good at creating shots and and those kind of things. Like he he's he's got phenomenal numbers, but maybe like defensively he's he slipped. Like he's basically like a in the fiftieth percentile in terms of the the tackling per dribble past tackling. Uh, adjusted tackles one is also 50th percent so maybe like pressuring he's 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 no longer um as active as he used to be so that that that's kind of what i meant is that and then that was some some people were making this point uh i mean again um i'm a really big kevin temple fan it's just you know and it, it speaks volumes that they basically signed him breaking their rule of not signing older guys yeah i, I understand your point actually i think as Against a team where Leipzig are going to have a lot of possession, I think he is ideal because obviously yeah, he's yeah. going to get on the ball, he's going to progress, he's going to pass, and he's shown that he is capable of scoring. And it'll be interesting to see how the midfield sets up because obviously Nagelsmann toys with kind of like a three-five-two, mm-hmm. um, a three-four-three, or a four-triple-two. Say, for the sake of this conversation, I think. Let's say Nagelsmann set up with a four triple two. Mm-hmm. I think if Lima is instrumental, I feel like once he comes back and he's fully fit, he's straight in the lineup. And I think Sabitza, he is also a very key yeah, player. Yeah. And I feel like he is kind of as he's getting older, he's becoming more of like a deeper midfielder. Uh-huh. He's getting more involved in the ball, and he's got like the Arsenal in him to ping a pass, switch. Play to Angelino, to Nkunku, mm-hmm. to say like Michele or Alma on the flanks. And I feel like Lima and Sabitza are the, the indisputed starting too. I think mm-hmm. Adams might come on like later in a game to kind of like secure it up. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Haidara and Campbell mm-hmm. because obviously Haidara is going to be going for that spot where Sabitza is, as is Campbell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in the short term, we know that Limer has a like he had some arthroscopic knee issues, uh, which which never sounds great when you're you know an active like especially as active as he is. Um, he yeah. also obviously is, is is playing. I think Zabitzer is uh, maybe unlikely to to play against Mainz, but he's uh, he's sort of said he's pain pain free. Um, so in the short term. You could see maybe something that you that that we that we saw in, in the cup, um, maybe with maybe with Campbell, I guess, and 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 then some some version of, I mean, I guess like in that sense, like Campbell and Adams are a little bit redundant, right? Like, and and Haidara is much more of a box to box player there, um, and I think just piggybacking off of the the Conrad Limer. Uh, point because you know I think many people were surprised that he played as a number six because most of his most of his time either at Salzburg and and obviously at Leipzig as well were spent on the wings right either as like a winger or, or actually a wing back or a full back um, and and it makes sense with his sort of dynamism but and then sometimes even in the same games right he, he, would, he would, this is what he did against Atletico that he played both positions like they were just like you know do you want to play on the wings or do you want to play as a number six and <laughs> Nagelsmann was like why not both right. Um, but with the, with the, with that, I think there was also some question mark because, you know, 
he basically had to play Halstenberg and Klosterman as center backs because of the injuries to Orban and Konate and Upamecano at times. Um, and I, now I think that will no longer the, be the case because they did uh, get Benny Hendricks, who, much like Konrad Leimer, can play you know every position under the sun. Um, do you see sort of their wing uh, defensive issues, wing back issues? You talked about Antonino as improved, or what do you what do you see the depth there? Um, I so I'd say yeah, I'd say there's improvement in depth for sure. It'd be interesting to see how it's set up because obviously Michele, although he is not as strong offensively, he has proven to be he proved to be vital in defence. And he like against PSG, he well, especially in the first half, he was very good. Yeah. Like he was winning a lot of the jewels and stuff like that. I think be interesting to see where Henricks ends up because obviously on the right you've got um, Michele, you've got Klosterman that can obviously play there. Adams is also yeah. an option there. Yeah. Whereas on the left you've kind of got Halsenberg, who I feel is slowly transitioning into a centre back. And he's also he's the only left footed centre back, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's, oh, yeah. There, there's no other left footed centre backs. And so, obviously, Henrik's can play on the left as well. So it'll be very intriguing to see how it's set up. I think, personally, Angelino and Michele start the season. Hmm. Interesting. And so how are they going to start the season? Which, I mean, you know, formations to Nagel's one don't, don't really matter. Um, it's more about the, the principles, obviously, of just making sure that they occupy... Um, different spaces and different zones and you know um if you ever like watched any any sort of presentations that he's made he's he, he goes from even like selecting his uh selecting his squad uh is is completely based on what he thinks about who the opponent is and whether leipzig is you know stronger and weaker or or, or maybe on on the same level with them but i think there was an interesting development over last season that that he did seem to be a little bit more cautious against teams that he perceived they were stronger. I think that was certainly the case uh, in the Champions League, um, and, and and in those cases he tended to play with the with the back five, or even like we saw against uh, PSG, he played almost like two two right backs to deal with like Neymar and Mbappe, which which is completely fine. But um, you know that can also cause ripple effects with maybe you're pressing, you're not pressing as high, and and yeah, there were some questions about like maybe Leipzig aren't as effective if they just need to defend in a deep block, right? Like, so there, there, there's, there is some sort of um, question marks of, over those, like what's the most effect, effective way for this team to play. But um, obviously, I think to start the season, as, as you mentioned, um, they have, I think we can see two examples of that because against Mainz, it's unlikely that, uh, you know, they're going to really care. I mean, no, no disrespect to yeah. Mainz, but it's not like you're just going to set up like defensively to to just, um, you know, uh, <laughs> they're just going to try to dominate. And then uh, Leverkusen, I think, will be will be an interesting test. Um, but what I, what I want to ask you about is, okay, you, you said um, Mukiele is going to start and then uh, maybe Angelino or um, Hasmer. But what do you see as a center-back options? I think Upe Meccano, obviously, is a guy who became had a, kind of a weird season, and lots of injuries, but became one of the Champions League heroes. Um how do you see the center back uh, starting rotation or just the depth there? 
So obviously, Upamecano's indispensable. Right. He he goes in there straight away. Obviously, I think Orban, although he is a very good defender, and he has improved on the ball quite a lot under Nagelsmann, I don't think he's the right fit. Yeah. And I, I feel Holstenberg will probably slot in there, and then with Angelino on the mm-hmm. left. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're you're thinking more of a, a back four, which. Yeah, that, that 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 makes sense, right? Like Mainzer, um, Mainzer, you know, they will occasionally play with two strikers, but a lot of times they will just play with like a, you know, Mateta or or, or some some sort of you know, or like they'll use just you kind of like Quaison and and Burkhardt, like these guys who are strikers, but they'll play like wide midfielders, right? And and they're certainly the team that Leipzig likes to play against the most. Uh, if last season is any indication, and obviously they've, <laughs> they've got a couple guys in in, in quarantine. Um, unofficially, I guess they're they're you know it's uh, Kunde and Eddie Milch and Fernandez and Stefan Bell are the ones that uh, some of the newspapers are uh, reporting about. But yeah, it's not that one that they're they're necessarily concerned about. Um, I guess I want to ask you about some sort of quicker questions about the the, the squad and, and people who are still there, but maybe their future is uh, not not that uh, certain. Konate. Um, He's got a hip injury. What's what's the thing with him? Because you know, I, from what I read, like he tried to come back uh, even during or even after COVID. I think he even played a little bit, but or just trained. But but then now it seems like he suffered a backlash. Like what do you what do you know about him? Right. So the issue with Canate. So obviously he injured his hip in the Champions League mm-hmm. earlier in the season. Um, that kept him out for a while. I think there was complications with that. It was the sorry, just, it was the Leon game when when he had made like it was. I don't know if you remember, but it was like he made a horrendous like turnover and Leon scored, and then he got hurt. Yes, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I I was thinking even because I remember writing about it ages ago. I couldn't remember if it was Leon and Benfica, and I didn't want to get them mixed up. So that's why I was like in the Champions League, I th- and then obviously he's recovered. He's like slowly got back into training and it could be argued that maybe he got rushed back Mm -hmm. because obviously with the defensive issues but Canate himself says he he doesn't think he was rushed back and obviously he played his game and then over the summer he was complaining about like painting his hip Mm -hmm. again so obviously he's had to have another surgery on that Mm -hmm. and he's not he's currently in individual training but Mm -hmm. He's expected to be back at the end of the month. Well, okay. back in training at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so that that's kind of the centre-back issue, right? You, you mentioned that Klosterman is almost a centre-back. I think Halsterberg is as well with Angelino. Um, and so so you're going to likely to see Upamecano and then Orban and then one of Halsterberg and Klosterman. And then you, you said... Uh, Angelino left back, uh, maybe with Halstenberg if he doesn't have to play center back, and then you got Mukiele on, on the right uh, with Henriks as kind of a rotation option. And midfield, you mentioned uh, basically um, like a, a Zabitzer, Kampel, or Tyler Adams with, with Haidara in the mix. Now that uh, Limer looks like he's going to be out for about four weeks. And then, am I right in assuming it's Nkunku and Olmo behind? Uh, oh, yes. Behind, uh, I don't know, behind who? Uh, is it Huang? Is it uh, Polson? Or is it Serloth? And, and I want to ask you about Serloth, if, you, if you've if you sort of followed his career and what, what you think he can bring to Leipzig. 
I haven't followed his career, but obviously with what's with all the speculation going on, I've obviously done my research. Mm-hmm. It it'll be interesting. I know I keep saying a lot, but it'd be interesting to see how he does because obviously he he did well at Midtjylland, mm-hmm. caught the attention of Crystal Palace, but it didn't quite work out for him in England. Didn't from what I've seen, it didn't work out for him in in Belgium either. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of had like. A revival season at Trabzonspor. Yeah, he was amazing. So obviously man. he's re- yeah, it was like forty-two goal mm-hmm. contributions in like forty-nine matches or competitions, which is incredible. And um, but it'd be interesting to see how he does if he goes to like the Bundesliga, because obviously it might have just been a one season, like quote unquote one season wonder. Hopefully not, because he does look like an incredible striker. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. Because obviously there was a lot when Harlem was on the market, Leipzig were very interested. Um, Nagelsmann, in fact, did speak to him yeah. and made it publicly known that he did have a conversation with him. And I feel looking at videos, looking at the goals he scores and the type of player he is, he seems like the ideal like backup option for Harland. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it would be a great signing for Leipzig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and but unfortunately, no, no Haaland at Leipzig. <laughs> From, <laughs> but to uh, be honest, I would have, I would have loved uh, Haaland yeah, at Leipzig. Yeah, I mean, everybody thought it was. He, yeah, everybody thought it was a slam dunk, and then it it seemed to have like fallen apart over money, which, which is kind of weird. But I think like people have this misunderstanding about Leipzig that they can just play all the money, and and it's not true because their their wage uh, structures are, are are not that way, and obviously. This, this season, that was that was a big thing about Sarloff, and this is why the deal is taking so long. Is that their FFP uh, violations of, of you know buying all the players and not really selling that many um, is there. So one of the other things, so the last question about players is who are some of the kind of guys who are the outside looking in, um, and uh, what do you expect from you know like a Forsberg, Lukman, maybe Polzin, like maybe could could any of those guys? leave or or like what do you i mean jean kevin Augustin is technically on this team what, what, what do you think about those and maybe there's some young players that you want to talk about as well depending how this season goes if forsberg doesn't play many games i think he could probably go next summer he has made it public that he is happy in leipzig his family is settled in leipzig mm-hmm. and nagelsmann especially towards like the champions league tournament in august he was going on about how Forsberg is at his sharpest and how he's at his best but Forsberg didn't really feature in the Champions League which is very strange I think this season depending on how Nkunku does depending on how Altman do I think he might have to like reside with like a bench role like he did last season which I don't think he will be happy with Um, Paulson he's kind of like the outsider he's Personally, I don't think he suits Nagelsmann's yeah. system. And I felt like Schick was the better version of Paulson because obviously Paulson's yeah. a very good target man. He could hold up play. Mm-hmm. Whereas, but he's not really good with his feet, is he? Schick was more kind of like more intricate. He could like get out of situations and like pass it off. Whereas Paulson's not quite that player. Plus Schick was also a better goal scorer. Because when you've got like Paulson, I think, he only scored, I think it was five goals mm-hmm. last season in competitions. When you've got a forward, you've done, that record is too poor. And he needs, if he wants to like keep a career at Leipzig, I feel like he's got to repeat 
what he had in 2018-19 where he was he got 15 goals. Yeah, but that was also like the yeah, I was going to say like that was the one outlier, right? Cuz like in the previous two it was like basically the last three seasons he scored 5-4 and 5 and then he had that outlier of 15 goals and his but then it was also the, the that that Rangnick season of where like you know they just they, they played to his strength, which is just counterattacking and just being in the air and those kind of things. And some of the expected numbers were a little bit stronger, but like nothing. Like it was basically like his expected numbers per ninety were exactly the same all, all of these years. Um, so, which is you know, which is to say that he's he's much more likely to be a guy who scores like you know like eight goals a season or seven than the 15 one. And I think that, as you mentioned, like, um, you know, uh, he doesn't doesn't necessarily sit, fit the system. I guess that leaves us with uh, Adam Ola-Lukman and Jean-Kevin Agustin, the sort of, you know, England-related uh, players. Right, I'll, I'll start with Lukman because I've probably got a lot to say about Augustine, especially with what's going on with the potential legal battle with Leeds. Um <laughs> I feel when Lookman signed, I felt like it was a strange signing because obviously he had that excellent um, six months on loan where he impressed a lot under Hasenhutl yeah. and the club was insistent on buying him from Everton that summer and then, uh-huh. if I recall correctly, the following January. But when he came to um, Leipzig, it, I felt yeah, like yeah. it wasn't the right fit because wingers don't really thrive in Nagelsmann's system. I, I noticed it when um, Niles, in Nagelsmann's last season at Hoffenheim yeah. with Reese Nelson. Nelson didn't, he looked like he was having good like performances, yeah. but he just didn't fit in to the side because a lot of the play was central. Um, Fulham are reportedly interested in Lookman, yeah. and there has been like talk about like previous windows well, last window about Lookman maybe joining Newcastle alone. Mm-hmm. I think, considering the lack of depth up front, I think Lookman might stay and be given more of a chance to prove himself. Because the club has said the cl- they are planning with Lookman in the team, so that must mean that there are plans for Lookman this season. I th- I think he's. I don't think he'll be. That great of a backup to Huang, but hopefully I'm wrong. And um, John Kevin Augustine, there's n- no future for him at Leipzig. Um, the club has clearly made that clear with the situation. Yeah. And to be honest, I feel quite bad for him because he's he's a talented player, but it's just not worked out for him. And with what's going on with Leeds, oh, where yeah, yeah. they've like signed to a 21 million euro purchase obligation if they get promoted but obviously with what's going on with the mm-hmm. pandemic and how the Premier League season well championship season has extended they've used the opportunity that for the extension to terminate John Kevin Augustine's contract so so it's been quite quiet recently on news and then um I believe it was Bill that reported it recently that um or it might have been kicker um I can't, I can't remember that basically Leipzig, um, the first, the initial payment is expected soon, and Leipzig can't file for a legal, well, a lawsuit with FIFA mm-hmm. until the first instalment deadline has been missed. So, 
so it'll be very interesting to see what happens yeah i would be i mean yeah it's, it's interesting but I, I, in terms of the the sort of sports perspective there there's not that much from from him but there is a lot in terms of the sporting perspective for for um leipzig this season I, and i want to just get into the last part of this 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 episode of, of predictions and how do you see this season unfolding um i think you know most people um and this will get get your answers on how do you think the bundesliga season unfolds but um it's hard to see this leipzig team uh look better obviously with with, with the with the loss of Werner, even if they are you know, if they they made some signing as you mentioned the Bafang and, and serlot potentially and maybe there will be some more we we, we saw today some strange ivan perisic rumors but uh um like what do you see them what, what in the landscape of the bundesliga what what, what sort of uh position do they occupy i reckon i don't think they'll push for the title this season i feel like because obviously with the loss of Werner, that's a huge blow to any title push for well any team really um i think it'll kind of be around third and fourth i feel um leverkusen might have a good season although they've lost Havertz, i feel like they might invest the money wisely um they've already done well partly done that with patrick schick and it's could possibly argue her to berlin obviously they had a shot cup cup exit last weekend but obviously with matthias cunha up top and like the quality they have i feel like they could be pushing up there as well Yeah, that's an interesting thing with Cunha, right? Because he's he's kind of the one that uh, they could really use almost as a like a, if you, if I thought about like a Werner replacement under Nagelsmann, he would be would be pretty high up on my on my list uh, there. And uh, it's it's now you know I think everybody knew he 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 had that potential, right? But just you know in terms of consistency and consistency is about getting minutes. And he for one reason or another, although I think Nagelsmann rated him pretty highly, but never never seemed to get it and we shall see i'm 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 a lot less skeptical of of herta but um in terms of maybe like uh, some sort of um other scenarios for leipzig do you see one in which they don't make the champions league or if if this project goes sideways at all like do, do you see any any reality of that because you know like the thing that i always come back to is that um this is going to be an unprecedented season for I mean, every every Bundesliga team, um, that includes Leipzig as well, that, you know, they're going to play a super congested schedule, right? There, there's no there's no uh, winter break. There's like a week off between, you know, Christmas and uh, New Year's. But, uh, you know, they're going to be playing Champions League. Um, they're going to be playing in the Cup. Uh, and it seems like they're set up for it in terms of the depth. But um, as we saw down the stretch in the spring, it maybe, maybe um there's going to be problems um do you see this like maybe going the wrong way or, or not at all it's a possibility but you could also consider that for a lot of teams yep. you can consider that for gladback yeah. you can consider that for dortmund i wouldn't consider it for bayern because obviously they've got a lot of quality and depth um it generally depends how like the squad fares especially with injuries if the squad if they can avoid as many injuries as there was last season i think there could be a possibility of a good season top four finish but obviously that depends on how the squad does how like nagelsmann rotates because obviously 
the squad depth at the moment is not as good as obviously the competition. Mm. So there's going to be a lot of reliance on that. And the last time squad depth was relied on as much as probably this season was, um, I think it was 2017-18 where Leipzig finished sixth. It was their first season in the Champions League. And although there is quality into starting eleven, I'm not quite sure there is that depth in quality to mm-hmm. push for the Champions League. Yeah. But hopefully, as I said, I reckon there will be third or fourth on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's like, as we talked about, it's, it's hard to see them upgrading the squad, right? Like because of the, the, the sort of financial limitations that they're that they're under um i the, the other thing i think this i don't think we've mentioned this but uh you know given their policy of buying young players um who tend to be more expensive just because of you know you, you you have them longer and you you can um you can bank on their upside right and resale value uh, but they do tend to cost more right and then you're when you're once you're once you're buying older guys, then you can maybe mitigate some of the risks, or you can loan some of those things. But that doesn't seem to be the Leipzig model. So that there's there's that problem, and and as as you mentioned with Lukman or even Forsberg, they, 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 there's there's probably some guys that they would like to or they would consider offers for. But that's also the other problem is that it's not really a market where you can offload guys who don't really play. Like ideally, you would want them to be performing, so some sort of buyers would see what they're what they're getting. Um, anyway, I think, you know, if, if there's anything else I would like to just do, maybe you can give us some bold predictions or maybe some breakout players or somebody we haven't mentioned yet or anything else that you would still like to mention, um, as sort of a last sort of closing out. Ooh, um, obviously the club has put a lot more emphasis into the academy, Mm -hmm. um, I think maybe um, Hugo Navarro-Ramos mm-hmm. might be a name worth keeping an eye on. Obviously, he's a 17-year-old who's already training with the first team, seems to be very highly rated by the club, and he could maybe make breakout this season, maybe like get a couple of appearances off the bench. Dennis Bukowski is also another mention. He recently got nominated for the Golden Boy Award. Mm-hmm. And he is another player that was highly rated by the club and was included in the Champions League. So them two might be some like unknown names worth keeping an eye on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I think I think I read today that Novoa is also in quarantine with uh, Josip Martinez, who is their, their their keeper. That they, I think we didn't, we didn't mention the keeper situation, but right, like uh, they they loaned out uh, Embogo to the Netherlands and obviously they still got Gulachi who um, wants to it seems like he's uh, he's I think the, the interview uh, today uh, came out that he wants to play uh, a lot lot uh, longer and I think uh, PSV is where Mbogo meant um, but yeah maybe maybe we just talk a little bit about uh, Gulachi as, as, as sort of where do you see him in the in terms of the Bundesliga keepers so just so we, we give him a little bit of his his due I mean, to be honest, I don't watch as much bun- mm-hmm. like other teams as you do. My primary focus mm-hmm. is on Leipzig, mm-hmm. but I'll see like the keepers against us, against Leipzig. Um, I would consider him one of the best. Mm-hmm. I'd say top three in the league. Mm-hmm. Ask me that a couple of seasons ago, and I would 
definitely have not said that i would have said like maybe a mid table keeper at best because obviously he used to make a lot of mistakes he weren't as good as on the ball as he is now but he's had an incredible development the past two years yeah i agree with you and uh it's it's good to see that obviously as as a hungarian it's uh, and somebody who's uh, interact with him i'm i'm really happy for his success and uh, also one of the one of the best people to talk to in terms of the uh, in terms of uh, you know football and and just kind of you know uh, professionalism so I, I that was i'm always always happy when he when he does well and and obviously there's um uh, it's it's also a good thing for you know somebody who covers the league uh, for Hungarian TV station that's uh, one of the major faces of the league at least you know one of the best goalkeepers is happens to be somebody that we can we can call and we can talk to and uh, obviously we can we can watch uh, every day um all right jack uh, thank you so much for your insight just the uh, last thing is tell people where they can find your work where they can uh, you know follow red bull hub and, and and all the things that you do so that uh, they can so you can get a, you know, a couple of couple of people to to join and, and obviously maybe learn more about some of the other uh red bull teams right firstly thank you for having me um so if you want to um learn more about red bull football whether it be rb leipzig um or you want to learn more about rebel salzburg their second team fc leafering or you're fascinated in, uh, or you have a growing interest in Major League Soccer, you can follow us for New York Red Bulls, you can follow us for New York Red Bulls too. And we provide a bit of coverage on the Brazilian team, so Red Bull Bragantina and Red Bull Brazil. If you want to follow us, follow us at, at Red Bull Hub on Twitter. We're also on Instagram, same at, so Red Bull Hub. And you can find our website at rebelhub.net. Great. Uh, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, we will uh, try to get this out as, as soon as we can. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can have you back on uh, during the season, um, you know, uh, talk about the Bundesliga or maybe some some more some more uh, Red Bull players or, or even just other players joining Leipzig or the Bundesliga. Because, you know, uh, Hichan Huang being the, the 19th transfer is certainly he he's not going to be not going to be the first and not going to be the last. So uh, thank you so much, Jack. You're more than welcome. Yeah, just hit me up with any time, any time, and I'll be more than happy.